1: Hello and welcome to the
2: I on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on?
0: Well, I'm on. I'm back on the East Coast. No more Pacific Northwest for yeah, a while. You got
2: refreshed, recharged during the bye week. Um, Miami, obviously, hoping they did too, um, considering the exactly. way things went uh, at the end of last month. Um, so let's dive right into it. Obviously, uh, Miami opens ACC play on Saturday at 4 p.m. against North Carolina. Um, too early in the year to, to talk must wins, but this one kind of feels a little bit like a must win. We'll get to uh, the larger implications of this game, uh, the ACC race that has yet to begin, but uh, remains the like kind of great white hope of this season. Um, so we'll we'll get to all that at the end, but let's start with the, the big news of the week, which um is Miami sticking with Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback. That was even after uh he got benched in the third quarter of Miami's stunning 45 31 loss to Middle Tennessee uh before the bye week. Jake Great. Garcia came into that game. Um, I would say outplayed Tyler Van Dyke, but you know, it's not like he was he didn't all of a sudden kind of look like uh, the no doubt answer. Um, Miami used the buy, although it sounds like they kind of knew all along that there was kind of going to be, they were going to stick with Tyler after that game. Um, so let's start with the big question everyone is asking, uh, and that is, is Miami right to to stick with Tyler Van Dyke, even given the way this season has begun? But
0: uh, I mean, I, I, I think, yes. um, I I think I mean you you could have gone with Jake, but I think that would would I think Mario was right that would have sent a, uh, a message that he doesn't have um, confidence in 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 Tyler and um, and that's after saying and I we might have said this last week saying all last year that or all last, since December that he was yeah. the best quarterback in the nation um i yeah yes he's he has not played right it it hasn't been right um but i I think you do need to start him this game a c c game he came through and in, in you know last year uh when he'd get mad or whatever, you know he'd end up coming through, maybe that can happen this time. I do think you have to give him that benefit of the doubt and um and then you know if he it <laughs> If he starts out the way he did last game, you know Mario, I would think would keep him on a, a short leash. Some people think no um, that I've talked to that he'll keep him in there, but I think uh, I think he can pull him then more readily and see what Jake can do.
2: Yeah, I mean he. Uh, I don't know if we would call what he had on in the Middle Tennessee game a short leash. He played into the third quarter of that game. Um, right. But for a guy who came into the year with Heisman hype and uh, reigning ACC rookie of the year, you know, I don't know, potential early-ish round of draft pick, all that kind of stuff, that is a pretty short leash that in game four they would they would try someone else. Um, so I, I, I think, well, you know, I, I guess like a short re- leash is relative. Like is, are they going to bench him if they go – three and out on three straight series to start the game probably not no. but no. yeah I, I'm with you that if they're down you know if they can't do anything in the first half and not just that they can't do anything like it, the the problem with Tyler has been twofold one is that I mean the offense is just kind of a mess all around like wide receivers aren't getting open wide receivers are dropping passes um in the middle Tennessee game the run game fell apart uh but the other you know that is that is all stuff that is probably beyond the purview of Tyler Van Dyke like can't He, one man, one junior court, sophomore, technically, I guess, quarterback, uh, 21 year old or however old he is, cannot fix all of that. Uh, What he can fix is he's got to make better throws and um, go back to kind of the gunslinger type kind of attitude we saw him have last year when he was, um, you know, happily throwing the ball down the field, Uh, obviously probably had better wide receivers last year, but, you know, was making those tight window throws, those tough contested throws um you know the the last there was uh, you know the Texas A&M game his numbers weren't great but I think most people came out of that game basically not not necessarily feeling like it was his fault entirely you know he could have played better certainly but um he was you know his his I think his supporting cast kind of let him down that one middle Tennessee game you did not feel the same way um so he's got to get back to that where you know maybe Miami's offense is never going to be as good as it was last year because of the scheme and The personnel losses and and just the natural like when you change a system it it takes time to get back into that flow but we need to see him get back to what we know he can do and i think if he's not doing that in the first half of this north carolina game um you know we'll know it it's not just going to be based on the yards or the touchdowns or or the the results we'll know it based on seeing the way you know where his passes are going basically
0: Oh yeah, I mean I do not think he was on a short leash. By the way, the other day, I mean he I mean Jake came in in the third quarter, sometime yeah. in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Um, but um yeah, I mean I I agree with you and you could kind of tell with Tyler. Yeah. You could almost tell right away and I and even his you know, his body language and I'm not only talking about when he was taken out of the game. Um just even you know watching him play you felt like he was insecure you know i this i i know i said last week it, you know th- that the amount of the, like the crowd shouldn't affect him at all as far as how many people show up and but it would really be nice to see some hurricanes fans show up it, it might it might i i do think it helps players i do when a lot of uh people show up but i mean i don't even know why i'm saying that cuz it's not, I don't think it's going to make a, di- a difference because they really never do. Rarely, yeah. rarely do unless it's a big game, you know, like an FSU game or.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to get excited after the way the, the Middle Tennessee game went. Obviously, also. But yeah, I think you're right that um, you know, with Tyler like that again, you're you're kind of right that. It's not like you've been able to tell this year that he's just been off, right? And if he comes out in the first quarter, first half, and kind of is still playing the same way we saw him play uh, against middle Tennessee, um, which was kind of the nadir of this all, but you know, he's had his, he's been spotted with his accuracy and all that stuff all year. You know, if he, if he plays the first half, like he did against middle Tennessee, I don't know if he makes it to the end of the of halftime right through two interceptions in the first two passes oh. of the game. Like if that happens again, yeah, no, um, then yeah, I think we'll see Jake Garcia. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, I think back to the North Carolina game, which was kind of his first real game last year. He obviously started against Central Connecticut State, but that was like a a nothing game against an FCS team. And then it was what North Carolina, I think, was the opener, right? And he, um, or it was one of those first two games. I can't remember if North Carolina. He came
0: back. He came back.
2: Right, and he was all. He was not good in the first half of that game. Uh, obviously, the, that was, okay. Jake was hurt, so there was not really a backup behind him. He had an unlimited leash, essentially. Um, but, you know, he did not start that game well. And he did regroup in that game. He rallied. Um, Miami fell short, but put up big numbers. And it was basically from that moment on, he was spectacular. With, you know, obviously he wasn't perfect the whole year, but that was when kind of Tyler Van Dyke going toe to toe with Sam Howell in a game like that was kind of when. Um, He was like, that was kind of the birth of Tyler Van Dyke as we knew him last year. Um, On paper, this North Carolina game could set up similarly. Um, Obviously North Carolina has a very good quarterback in Drake may who uh, looks right now, like the runaway favorite to win that ACC rookie of the year, that Tyler Van Dyke won last year. Um, It's high powered as ever. I think they're sixth in the nation in scoring. Um, And at the same time, their defense is awful. One of the worst defenses in the country. So, um Miami is probably going to have to play a shootout on Saturday. Uh, and obviously we saw Tyler Van Dyke thrive in those shootout type games last year. Um, we will see how he responds this year with you know Miami, which is not the way that they want to run their offense when we saw their offense kind of at their peak um in a, you know early in the year. They're they're not built to play a uh 90 play shootout right like they were last year so it's going to be an interesting test obviously for Tyler Van Dyke but I think for the entire um this entire offense and and this just the entire philosophy that Mario Cristobal is bringing you know this Miami is really I think what oh and three against these Mac Brown North Carolina teams since it came back into the conference this is a team they've struggled with um but they've tended to score pretty well in these games so uh yeah they're gonna have to they're gonna have to show they can score because if, if they fall behind by 14 or 17 points like it's it's really tough to keep up with a team like this North Carolina team
0: yeah I, I just I, I do go back to Tyler again and and we did talk to him and had some interesting conversations with him um, this week. I think when it comes down to like that third and whatever okay in the, in the first couple drives like one of them last game when he when he threw the ball to to will Mallory, uh and it was way near the goal line and it was just he yes it, yes it skimmed off will's hands it did but it, he it wasn't really a great throw
2: right it was
0: really hard and kind of high it just was a little wild um he's he needs to hit a couple of those throws and also give his teammates some confidence as well but um yeah i mean well we'll see what happens uh north carolina has just been a thorn yeah, in my, I mean, just uh, I mean, I was looking, I was looking through their, uh, the last few games, and uh, they played. Yeah, last, last year
2: with the shootout, right? And then the year last before. Year, yeah,
0: they came, yeah, they came back with the twenty-five points in the second half, um, and then Van Dyke last throw, they got to UN, got to the UNC sixteen-yard yeah. line, and then Van Dyke on third down, his pass was broken up. It bounced off a Tar Heel was there but two years ago it was hard that was i think was that the last game was that the year that they did there was one year well yeah two really years well. ago was
2: the year when yeah they the javante williams and michael carter ran for approximately 900 yards um
0: oh my God. <laughs> they did t- they ran for an nc combined ncaa record right 544 yards an ncaa record um and then miami gives up 778 yards that game yep. and that was the most yards that miami's ever allowed and they got trampled 62 mm-hmm. to 26 and then in 2019 there was like a minute left and um it i think it was Bubba baxa who who missed a 49 uh, yard field goal attempt wide yeah, left that was and... a year
2: that was year one for that was game two for Manny Diaz it was remember they had they've lost to Florida uh was that a, a that was also like a one score game basically with the late right. missed field goal and then had to buy North Carolina they fell to zero and two with another late missed field goal so yeah it's been like every game every one of these North Carolina games has been pretty memorable right and they um, lost
0: and they lost by three that game also yeah. so they could have t- you know but um but you know it I don't know how much we want to talk about Tyler, but I, you know, I asked him this week. Um, I, he, he talked about it being a rough day. Um, I asked him about, um, uh, about the. I asked him how tough it was to disregard or, or deal with the booing by disgruntled Mi- Miami mm-hmm. fans, um, especially because he's rarely had to deal with it. Yeah. Right. As a hurricane. And he was really great. I mean, I, I, we weren't sure that Mario was going to let him talk to us. And I think Mario really is the way Mario says is the way he is just. He doesn't change things. Yeah, that's the way it is. He keeps it the same. And uh, he was very upfront about that. He said that uh, the U.M. fans are very passionate and you've got to get the job done at U.M. And that's it. Point blank. He said it was rough, but that's how it goes. And that's what I signed up for. What do you think about that? I always wonder about that about uh, fans booing their own players. Yeah, it's it's
2: hard in in college football, and I, I you know we we deal more with Miami fans, so it's definitely a hallmark of Miami fans. But I don't think it's unusual around college football, it's just like the the fickle nature of fandom, basically, where you know this time last year or you know whatever uh, go three months forward from, or three weeks forward from this time last year, like Tyler Van Dyke was all of a sudden the savior. We were talking about how good um, Miami's quarterback situation was with him and, and Jake Garcia. And obviously, you know, we saw it with Tyler, with Derek King last year too, right? Where two years ago he was uh, Miami's oh, yeah. savior. And then by the time that he gets hurt and is, is out for the year, you, you, you know, people wanted to see the next guy and um, it is, it's, you know, the nature of the beast in college football. I I you know, I always kind of you know naturally kind of feel bad for the guy, but at the same time now they're they're making money now. So um it's not like we're they are booing unpaid athletes anymore. Um, so yeah, they it's are. the nature of the beast. I think everyone, you know, Miami quarterbacks talk about it all the time. Um, that it it's, you know, and I'm sure Alabama quarterbacks and Georgia quarterbacks and all the everyone feels the same way where it's you know there's a lot of pressure on that job um i think miami is you know tyler was in a a unique spot because he was in some ways the singular star for this team coming into the year right like they had obviously they have a couple other guys who were you know potential nfl prospects and stuff like that but this team had major question marks Mm -hmm. on defense major question marks at wide receiver um it was the supposed to be the tyler van dyke show and i think it you know naturally probably put a lot of pressure on him um the thing that you know in last year he got to play basically with no pressure so it is interesting to see the way he's responding i he is such an even keeled like you said he's always the same um you know not yes. a huge rah-rah guy like you would think a guy like that is well equipped to handle uh this situation but um you know he's he's got to yeah. play better and uh team's got to set him up better too because like we talked about it last week like he didn't just forget how to play football overnight.
1: No, right. We, I, like
2: he was right. one of the best quarterbacks I'm, in the country for the last six weeks of last year. And
0: something's different. We saw
2: that across a whole month. So
0: yeah. I mean something's different. I, I but at the same time, I mean, extent. I think
2: of Spencer Rattler a couple of years ago when he was at Oklahoma. He went on a he had the incredible freshman year. Um, and then last year gets benched. For for Caleb, you know, everyone was like, this guy's the next Heisman o- Oklahoma's ne- next great quarterback, Heisman candidate, potential first round pick. Um, gets benched for, for Caleb Williams, who becomes the next next great Oklahoma quarterback, Heisman candidate now at USC. Um, and now Spencer Rattler's at at South Carolina. Like it it can turn quickly in, in college football. It's the way, especially if you recruit quarterbacks at a high level. Um, it it doesn't happen a lot where a guy is anointed in the way that Tyler Van Dyke is, and then kind of gets cast aside but it, it does happen so if it doesn't turn around i won't be shocked i don't know if it's necess- it will necessarily be entirely his fault um again because we saw the way he could work with different coaches in a different offense with a different group of wide like a lot right. changed and maybe the fit is just not correct anymore but it wouldn't be crazy to think that at some point in this year jake garcia could be the quarterback and go on the kind of run that we saw tyler go on last year. And then maybe next year it'll happen to Jake Garcia and we'll be talking about Jaden Rashad. You know, it's the way college football can work sometimes.
0: Uh, Yeah. um, True. It's the way all sports, I guess, work sometimes. Um, And I do, I know I was bringing up the booing thing, um, but I I don't know if you saw Michelle Kaufman's column uh, about, about, you know, athletes are human. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she was talking about Higu- H- how do you say it? Higuain am I saying it right the Higuain. the yeah. soccer player for Inter Miami
2: yep Higuain
0: Higuain Higuain I'm sorry yeah another story that you uh, dove into yeah <laughs> anyway yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting and 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 you know about how you know play even stars are human kind of thing um and they are and it does affect them um so yeah that was that was that was a really actually pretty good column i thought mm-hmm. and i it also made made me start thinking about the nil um as you were saying and the, and they you know they're making money now right and some of the choices they make now i mean tyler had this this just started thinking about this tyler had those t-shirts yeah made up tyler van dyme and and all that stuff it's i don't know i wonder if it makes it if if it'll make if players will start uh like the next phase thinking about what they do when they start marketing marketing things
2: yeah i i think it's going to be more uh it's more an issue for not to single out John Ruiz, but he's obviously the guy we talk about on this show because he's the Miami guy, but the John Ruiz is and other, and actually he, Tyler's deals are with a lot of people other than John Ruiz, but it's, you know, it's kind of the same way. Like you could, um, I mean, Tua obviously has gotten it on track until his injury, but like, a lot right. of people bought two of jerseys and two of merch in year one and I'll sign a lot of big sponsorship deals. And for a while it did not, or, you know, who's another Daniel Jones, a giants quarterback who was a top right. 10 pick. And uh, there's a lot of people who are not probably very happy that they have a Daniel Jones Jersey. That's going to be out of date in a, in a year. So um, it's just kind of, I think it's turned college football into, uh, <laughs> into the NFL obviously in some ways. Um yeah. And uh, it's, I always say NIL is kind of a bubble. And I think John Ruiz has said the same thing, that, like the money that is flowing in right now where all these players are getting deals, it's not going to be there in the same way uh, in a couple of years because, um, you know, in year one, you're optimistic. It's going to all those deals are going to work out in once there's a sample size that shows that, uh, I don't know, 20% of guys who get these big million dollar deals are not NFL players or you know, not all conference players or maybe backups if they get benched. Um, it it really? creates, I think, a, an issue, I think, for for the people investing the money in NIL. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal for a guy like the players who who have it. Um, I mean, unless they're clearly spending all their time
1: worrying about it. But I, I don't think
2: that's the case for any of these Miami
1: guys. Mother's Day is around the corner.
2: All right, let's move uh, on to the North Carolina game. More specifically, um, we we touched a little bit on the 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 uh, uh, what, what do we what do we say that there's been the thorn in Miami's side, yeah. um, and obviously this this game, as I said at the top, impo- never right to call the fifth game of the season a must win, um, but because of the way you know Miami obviously lost two in a row, had the bye week. Um, and now goes into ACC play. It does have a little bit of that must win feel. Um, I think it's at least a must play well, right? Like if, if you lose a, uh, a shootout to North Carolina, um, you know, obviously no one's going to be happy, but I think, and you know, it could dash Miami's coastal chances. Uh, but I mean, it, you at least it's a building block. You know, we're talking year one with a coach. We're talking about how much went wrong in the in the last couple of weeks before the buy. Um, obviously, a win would would set them up nicely to to fully rebound. Uh, I guess that's the question. Then. Do you do you think that they can rebound from what we have seen so far this year? And how important is this game to to kind of setting that tone for the rest of the year?
0: Well, I think that this game is as close to must win as you can get. And and obviously it's it's not because they can't win the ACC if they lose this game, right? Because we've seen over the years that usually you and this is the last year. Remember that UM can uh,
2: coastal can chaos, coastal, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, next year it's just one big big old conference, right? And then two two top teams, so it gets even harder. This year, I mean, the coastals just has not proven to be as strong as the the you know with Clemson and North Carolina State. It's just not as strong, probably, as the yeah. uh, Atlantic Division. So, um, anyway, we've seen that two wins usually the winner. A lot of times, the winner has uh, excuse me two losses, um, one loss for sure. So they could still win if yeah. they lose the game, but i think I mean David, I, really I, I think if they lose this game, oh my, I think it's just going to be maybe I'm thinking of us and how crazy it's going to be on social media and the fans and
2: well, it's I mean it's and the, and
0: the recruits and yeah. I really I it's, really
2: it's the way that Miami has conditioned us we I mean, we all talk about it is the way that these seasons tend to spiral, right like every year. For pretty sure. much i mean even the good years even even you think of the orange bowl year that season spiraled when they lost to pit and they lost end of the year with three straight losses um well the next year i think they lost five in a row at one point um
0: i don't know maybe these kids are honestly so last
2: year was kind of the only year that didn't really spiral um it, right. it was bad at the beginning and then they got on track after tyler van dyke took over except for the loss to, to florida state but the vast majority, you know, obviously the FIU loss, they end up losing to two conference USA games in the last uh, two months of that season. Like it it tends to spiral. Obviously Mario Cristobal is a different coach than Manny Diaz and Mark Rick than Al Golden and Brandy Shant. Like all these people are unique characters, but um, the common characteristic of Miami has been not responding to adversity well. And um, obviously they, the middle Tennessee game is, is major adversity. You'd hope the buy gives them a chance to regroup and put that behind them. And now they get a chance to really show how they can respond to it. Um, but again, we, we haven't seen a Miami team do that well in, I don't know, 20 years, basically.
0: David, do you think that's, uh, is that a product? Something else going through my head here, but from the, the recruits, I mean, the uh, players, you know, from Miami. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard not to it, say
2: it probably is a little bit, the, right? I mean,
0: the way they're used to winning and the way they're, you know, just their collective personalities and stuff that once they lose, maybe I, I don't know. I, is it something about Miami, not University of Miami, but South Florida?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it it's hard not to peg it on something more than just these coaches because, again, it's been. Persistent with different coaches, very and very different personalities on all these coaches, too, right? And Mario is his own unique personality. Um, I, 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 I kind of feel like, I mean, maybe that's part of it. I kind of feel like the bigger problem has been just the, the constant churn of coaches where, um, it is every coach obviously is looking for a different type of kid, right? When they're recruiting, they everyone has a different idea of what a Miami, uh, Miami player is, obviously. Um Mario Cristobal is one idea. Manny Diaz is one idea. Mark Rick is one idea. Um, And I think, what, Mark Rick, how many years is Mark Richter here? Three, four? No, I think. Three. three, three years. Yeah. Manny Diaz is here for three years um as head coach. Yeah,
0: 16, 17, um, 18, 18, 18, 18.
2: What, Golden was four, I think. Um, You know, all these coaches, by the time they're getting, quote, unquote, their kids in the building are out the door and now the next coach has to figure out how to yeah, speak to this group of Mish. And you know, that's where we're at. We're there's, there's kids on this roster who committed when Mark Rick was still the coach. Right. And then there's kids on this roster who committed when Manny, Mario Cristobal was the coach. Like, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. it's really hard to, I mean, everyone is in this boat, right. Where it's really hard to 85 scholarship kids. Everyone is different to, to speak to all of them. Um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm trying to, maybe there is something with the Miami thing. And, and I think you're, you probably hit on something where a lot of these kids have won their whole lives. And the transfer thing is prize. a mess. And the transfer exactly. thing is a mess down here where everyone exactly. is at three different high schools. Um, Like there's, a, there's definitely elements of that, but I think, you know, when you hear about coaches need, you know, they need time. Um, Yes. It's to recruit better talent in the case of a guy like Mario Cristobal, but it's also to like, you got to rebuild the culture and every time a coach is torn down the previous culture and tried to build theirs they're gone before they're putting the roof back on their 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 structure like that and the next guy is tearing it down or trying to keep pieces around like it has not been a good situation um it was not a good situation for Manny Diaz it was not a good situation for Mark Rick like everyone has had a bad bad time uh, I so think maybe it's like that for
0: maybe it's like that for a lot of different programs. Now. Yeah. Now I think the- it
2: probably is all these. I mean, it, it kind of is like losing begets losing because you keep firing coaches and keep hiring a guy who's got to try to rebuild it. And it's got pressure to do it quickly. Um, you know, Manny Diaz obviously lived and died by the transfer portal, right? Like it's it's a holistic issue that takes obviously one more than one year to fix. Like, I'm not going to, if Miami spirals this year, I'm not going to say that Mario Cristobal like just can never do, you know, the Mario Cristobal experiment, the Mario Cristobal culture, all that stuff. I'm not going to say it's a failure based off one year because how many kids on this roster did he recruit? Like 15, something like that. Like it's in a lot of them aren't playing. So. No, um, but,
0: but David, he's scary. I mean, but I, I, you're asking. I mean, when we get back to this game, if they, I feel like if they lose this game, I feel like they are going to start losing recruits and we can do panic meter part two or something, because I know last week, (laughs) I started out by saying my panic meter was like six and a half or something on Mario. Then I went down to five. It's Uh not, it's not really Mario per se as much as what you're saying now, what happens when there's a loss or two loss. I mean, how the heck,
2: yeah well I, I thought this was in um I think uh I think Manny Manny Navarre from The Athletic, your former colleague and our mutual friend, obviously, wrote in in I think a mailbag he did. His his theory was basically that a lot of these Miami kids have gotten so used to seeing Miami lose, right? Growing up down here, they they have watched all they watched it happen over and over again that there's like a little bit of like a they're resigned to it. I I mean we're we're diving into psychology of again 85 plus well, kids who we don't get to talk to that much. Um, but, I mean, there, no, there's but, a lot of things, obviously. I, I I don't think there's one simple explanation for why this keeps happening at Miami. Um, and it, it makes it a tough spot for Mario Cristobal to try to rebuild this thing.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's the truth. And, yes, I think it's kind of a must-win tomorrow, okay? Yes, they can still win. If they lose tomorrow, they can still win, but...
2: Yeah, um, that's why I say more of a must play well. Like, I mean, again, maybe, maybe a, even a three point. That's loss, not going to be
0: good enough. Maybe, maybe
2: it's not going to be good enough, and that he'll lose the locker room or whatever. But yeah, um, I don't know. I I just think from my perspective, like as long as I felt like that we were kind of playing well, if I'm a player in that locker room, like then you feel like there's something to build on. But um
0: maybe, but yeah. david North Carolina. I mean, I, I yes, yes. I mean if you play well, you should win.
2: Right. I guess that's true. That's I, fair. That's fair.
0: I, yeah. Because, it, you know, playing well. Um,
2: right. You're a better, more talented team enough. that had better, bigger it's good expectations against, than guys. Yeah.
0: It's not good enough against North Carolina, which allowed however many points a zillion points to some teams this year, you know, it's yeah. just.
2: Yeah. It, well, I'll say this Miami can't score more than like 20 points this weekend. Then I'm like, I don't even I don't even know like then it's yeah panic 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 like this North Carolina defense is bad 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 I mean they're going to score points right like Miami might Miami's going to have to score 30 plus to win this game barring like some sort of defensive miracle for this team or maybe a bunch of interceptions or something like that this North Carolina team scoring like 46 plus a game
0: and and are they going to be able to because I you know that's that's the question Mario says Mario says that all these people are better and Jalen, right. Is coming back. Jalen Knighton, he says, and, and who else? Uh, Parrish and running backs are back and and not the receivers. And they've been playing crummy, not, not, not Parrish, you know, not, but as a whole, the offense, the receivers, they, they, they've got to do better. They just have to. Yeah.
2: There's a lot, a lot of pressure on the offense this week because of, well one because they haven't played well and two because this is a team you have to play well against not and you have to play well against them for two reasons one is that their defense stinks so if you don't play well against them they're like what the heck are you doing and two is that north carolina's going to score so you got to score to to keep up with them so yeah it's a uh, not not probably not the game you want coming off that middle tennessee game with the quarterback controversy and all that you know it could be a blessing if the if tyler comes out and throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns because um this North Carolina defense is so bad but it could be a curse too if they fall flat again and you get blown out because North Carolina even though they I don't think they've done it yet this year they they have the ability to blow teams out.
0: Yeah, and they I, and they did better last week against Virginia Tech.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh you know they, they held them. So um d- you know defensively um I just I hope the fans can hold off a little bit from booing just a little because that's gonna i i really think that affects people i know i keep bringing it up whatever I, I i hope they hold off a little bit from tyler just let this thing evolve a little but that won't happen
2: yeah it's um the same old miami in a lot of ways so uh are still out to prove that they can be different and i think that's a way a lot of people feel right now right is like uh, show me you're different and this is a chance in some ways to show them that they're a little bit different because um a lot of recent Miami teams would probably come out and get blown out in this game. Um And if Miami can win this game, I mean, people are still going to be upset about middle Tennessee, obviously, but then all of a sudden you can ship really shift the focus to, we can win the coastal in the last year of the coastal. And um you know, we're it's the fifth game with a new coach, like, growing pains are to be expected all that kind of stuff so yeah and then, yeah and huge home. this is a huge pivot point game I think for this season
0: and they're home I mean they're you know next week it's Virginia Tech and, and you know that's not easy and you know if it's a 12 30 p.m. Yeah, at,
2: kick, at Tech yeah not yeah. never easy to go up to uh to Blacksburg so yeah they, they gotta like I said you you say they gotta win I think they gotta play well um I think they will play well but again I'll believe it when I see it I need I need them to prove it.
0: That sounds like me, David.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. You can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, she will be out at Hard Rock on Saturday. Um and David will be at a wedding. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um <laughs> I'm actually like I'm gonna miss the whole game probably, so I won't even be like tweeting from uh from New York. I'll be I'll be uh yeah, it'll it'll be wedding time and I'm I'm in wedding mode. So
0: no, uh, I don't, I don't believe, wait are you in the wedding?
2: I'm not in the wedding, but
0: no i th- i I don't believe that for a second by the way. I'm telling these fans that you're gonna be sneaking people well, we'll see if there's a bar we'll somewhere, somewhere with the t
2: v yeah
0: you you you're you're gonna find out how Miami's doing. Oh, I'll
2: definitely be paying attention. I'll be checking the score. I'll be reading your tweets no matter what so um <laughs> I remember last the i I I, you know, I I remember the last time I missed a Miami game at a wedding that I could not watch. Um, was the Virginia Tech game two years ago where Nicosi came in. And I think Jaron got hurt in that game, right? And then Nicosi came in and went crazy in the second half. And I think they, like, missed it. I think it was the year when they missed all the kicks. I think they missed a a clutch kick in that game. But it was uh, was like a crazy game that I wasn't there for. So um, I'm expecting an equally crazy one because this one has the potential to have the makings of one, I would say.
0: Every every game potentially is crazy for Miami. So that's true,
2: except for the Middle Tennessee game where they just kind of got lost, kind of got beaten pretty badly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But you know, I I still cannot believe that I went through a period where Miami won 34 games in a row. Do you know what it's like covering 34 winning games in a row? I started like I started fearing them losing because i i had forgotten what it was like to write a losing <laughs> game story so
2: um yeah yeah you know we're right now we've been rerunning a bunch of 72 dolphins stuff for the 50th anniversary we might have to if, if things get bad enough for Miami. maybe we'll re- rerun all <laughs> your uh your 34 winning gamers to uh get people to uh, remember the good times um all right let's let's finish up there uh thanks as always for listening and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week
0: Have a good time at the wedding.
2: Have a good time at this game.